there, everybody. Welcome to the Sports. 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 Podcast. I am Joel Anderson. I'm Jordan Pomville. And joining us as always is the Sports Outsider, Phil Ranta. Hello, hello, hello. How's it going, Phil? Catch going any sports good. this week? No, I didn't. I'm the Sports Outsider. That's the premise. Oh, and I'm you guys are also that. your Sports Insiders. Your comedians. I'm a comedian. Well, uh, we had one hell of a national championship game Maybe for college one. football. Did you see? Well, that wasn't a. The national championship game. Oh, okay. Yes, did you see any? One. Did you see any of the college football national championship? I game? didn't know. If you would have asked me if that happened already, I would have said nope, not yet. It was pretty great. And even and here's the thing: Nick Saban, not a particularly likable guy in a lot of different ways, but he sort of choked up a little when he was talking at the end there. And I was sort of like, you know what? Good for you, Nick. I would say he's not particularly unlikable. Like he, no, he, true. He's unlikable because it's Alabama and because. But he's definitely, Nick. I mean, I had a not distinct likeable. dislike for him for a while because yeah. he left Michigan State right as we were starting to benefit from from Sabanness there, right? <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah, I think in the, over the years of sort of you know it's it's diminished, and now it was just sort of like you know what, yeah, good good for you, Nick. And he now has more titles than Bear Bryant. I, I think believe. he tied Bear Bryant for title tied Bear titles. Bryant, but he has more in the integrated era of Alabama. <laughs> yes, exactly. Good. No, Alabama. no, that's Alabama. It's good. That's I don't good. Think, he has I more. Think, than I Bear. know, but yeah. it's a reminder of its dark, dark past. Actually, I read a great bro- book about how uh, Bear Bryant. He wanted to integrate his football team, and he knew that he couldn't because of the fan base. So he invited USC to come play at Alabama because he knew they'd get their asses kicked. And he's like, "This is how I get integration to happen." That feels like by... that feels like more apocryphal than true, though. Is that how true is that? Uh, I mean, I'd, a football I'd team to... scheduling a game that he would purposely lose. That doesn't no, no, feel no, no. like he, a very football like coach move. Hindsight, he definitely, right? wasn't, yeah, like, he definitely oh, wasn't purposely. Oh no, losing. I did this on purpose so you guys would let me recruit African Americans. <laughs> did you learn a lesson? I uh, hope you I, did. No, not, don't look at, don't point the finger at me. This is your fault. Yeah, you Again, did this I'd to have us. To, I'd have to read the whole. I mean, the book. Uh, so you read the, the front and back flap. Found no, out about the, the whole, author. I got. I it was <laughs> a good synopsis. I read. I got paid to read it, so I did have to read the whole thing and summarize it. Oh, but because you were paid to read it, you mostly skimmed. Right. I, I don't think I skimmed any of that one because I thought oh, it was really Oh, that's true. That's, that is a topic you would... And push comes to shove. He definitely knew that they needed to integrate and he knew that it was going to be difficult. And so while he obviously didn't intend to lose the game, he definitely wanted to show mm. the racist Alabama fans, hey guys, if we want to remain competitive, we're going to have to give up on this. You can mm. all still be racist, but I'm going <laughs> to need black players. Yeah. yeah. I'm this not is, telling you what to the, think. Yeah, right. The one thing I'm going to have to ask for. But do you want to win or not? <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, it was an interesting book. But but here's to uh, here's to to Nick Saban and his integrated football team. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah. And today on the show we have a talk. Speaking of integration and multiculturalism, we yep. have a representative or a coach. Uh, I believe from the South Korean Olympic yeah, team. Yeah, he was apparently yeah. brought in to, to help with the North Korean relations because they've made peace, North Korea and South Korea, as it pertains to the uh, Olympics. I think that was a really yeah. important caveat you put on there yeah, when yeah. you said North Korea, South Korea made peace. Oh, no, there's still, like a lot of people might have burst into immediate celebration and not heard the caveat. Hey, if you're getting your world news from the Sports 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 <laughs> podcast, you got some bad things going on. Oh my god, and apparently it happened whenever they record this in the middle of the week. Right? Just, just now finding it out. So I believe it's a Coach Kim. Yeah, Coach yeah. Kim. Uh, and he, yeah, he's going to talk a little bit about you know how those relations are going. Yeah, because okay. historically North Koreans do not go into South Korea and vice right. versa. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the opposite of Taco Bell. Yeah, None so of some, them make some, a run for the border. Some unity is uh, you know hails back to the to the the 
Olympics of ancient Greece, you know, right. and they they stopped war solely for solely for the Olympics themselves. Yeah, yeah, good, good on them. And do yeah. we have do we have a a, war, a wide world of weird sports? You're goddamn right, we do. But first, Johnny Manziel update, watch update. Johnny Manziel update, watch update. Brought to you by Manziel's. Put your man boobs in a Manziel today. And Taco Bell. Hey, I was just mentioned in the last segment. Now you get more of me. Have diarrhea here at Taco Bell. Bunk. CFL's Tiger Cats offer Johnny Manziel a contract. It's about oh. time. They've actually they have made a formal contract offer. Yes. Meanwhile, Johnny Manziel's agent insists they're looking for something that is quote unquote fair. <laughs> okay. I don't why quote unquote fair, that would be nothing, right? That would be fair is him not getting paid. Well, I, I think that's a, I think that's a, a little apple. harsh. Why? Right. He's a bad apple. Well, they did an investigation and cleared him to play, so yeah. he's clearly Oh, so he's Johnny a Manziel's apple. agent says QB looking for fair deal with CFL's Tiger Cats. Johnny Manziel's agent released a lengthy statement Monday night in which he said Manziel will negotiate exclusive, exclusively with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the Canadian Football League until January 31st in hopes of reaching a quote-unquote fair deal. They say the word fair a lot, and they put it in quotes every time. Yeah, and here's the thing. I feel like when someone keeps talking about how they want a fair deal, usually a pretty clear sign that they're looking for better for them than a fair deal would be. Yeah, oh, this yeah. feels like a politician talking point. <laughs> right, exactly. What we're looking for is a fair deal. Yeah, now give me all fair your money deal. in taxes. Nom, 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 Was, that, was politician. that politician eating money? He was. <laughs> okay. Not, isn't that how government works? <laughs> That's what politicians eat, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. They drink the tears of their citizenry and they eat their money. Yeah. Like evil Pac-Man. It's pretty simple. In a statement released to multiple media organizations, Eric Burkhart confirmed that the Tiger Cats have sent Manziel a quote-unquote placeholder contract in order to retain his rights, as the team announced Sunday. He said the former Cleveland Browns quarterback and Heisman Trophy winner, uh, boy, those two things just... <laughs> yeah, that's a that's They've a gone combo. together so often in the past, this and yet is true. it's such a depressing thing when you say it out loud that it's just sort of like, oh, so many promising careers ruined. Uh, has decided to deal exclusively with Hamilton for the rest of this month while noting that Hamilton has given him permission to discuss possible trades with at least one other club. Whoa. So wait, he's waived his no trade clause in Canadian football. Yes. What do you think the other club is? Toronto Argonauts. Uh, I think that it's uh, Club Sexy in downtown uh, Canada. That was really bad it's for you, club. Phil. Even for you, no, that was a no, bad it's a club. <laughs> yeah, it, it should be noted. Club uh, hot pants. Yeah. Hamilton. Club, uh, God, how do I finish this joke? Hamilton's not Get too far from joke. Ontario. I imagine the strip club industry in Ontario. Really excited the about the potential. The club he was wanted to get traded to was the strip club. All right, all right, it's okay. Oh god, good <laughs> answer, good answer, yeah, good answer. Can we see strip club? Ding number four. <laughs> I wouldn't call that a crash landing, uh, but you know, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, the Hamilton Bearcats. That aside, saying, there was yeah, a crash landing. Negotiations are apparently very difficult as the communication uh, between uh, Johnny Manziel and the Bearcats uh, trying. Uh, because apparently every time they make an offer, Johnny Manziel simply responds with the traditional Johnny Manziel money sign. 
Oh, so, yeah. oh, yeah. see, here's the thing. That's a strong, they always say in negotiating, if you just don't say anything for a while. Right. Yeah. That's a good tactic. So you're saying he's silently sitting back and just rubbing and just his fingers. rubbing his fingers. Because yeah. that's really course, unnerving in a, in yeah, a negotiation. Yeah, whoever speaks last loses. And right? let's not Isn't forget, we're talking about Canadians. So, I mean, they are clearly looking for whatever the, the most polite interaction they can have here is. And it's a lot of like, does that mean more money? Does that mean it's enough money? Uh, so, yeah, they're going back and forth, and they're apparently still having a lot of trouble finding a quote-unquote fair, fair deal. deal. <clears throat> I would be curious to know what, like, the average quarterback salary is in the CFL, you know, and, and that sort of thing. Like, you what got a basket of poutine, and you can ride on the Zamboni. That's what USA Today is confirming. That feels fair. That feels fair. Yeah, that's a fair deal. <laughs> a Zamboni, of course, popular in another sport entirely. But still, there's a lot of ice Canada, in Canada being Canada. Who wouldn't want to ride that, though? Look, Joel, yeah. I'm having a tough joke day. You're just going to have to bear <laughs> yeah. with me. Uh, uh, continuing, so that there will not be any ambiguity in regards to financial expectations, and so the public understands how seriously Johnny is considering this move, I will tell you that we believe fair deal, quote unquote, means on par with what Hamilton has paid their QB in recent years, despite not having much on-field success. Burkhart wrote in, a sta in the statement, do you see what he did there? He tried to maybe shift the conversation from the lack of on-field success on the part of his client right. to that of the Hamilton Bearcats. Right, but this is a free agent signing, and I, I would imagine... See, I, I'll yeah. be honest... I think that I think that's correct. I feel like Johnny Manziel is worth at least what the Hamilton Tiger Cats <laughs> have paid their previous quarterbacks. You know what? Their, their money is like weirdly yeah. different colors and coinage. Yeah, it's but, still got queens from other nations on it, which is strange. but really embarrassing. Yeah, really but I sad. just like to say by pointing it out, it does feel like Burkhardt is sort of saying like, "Hey, he should get more than that." But I guess we'll settle for what you've paid them oh. in the past. But you know what Johnny Manziel said as soon as they as soon as they started negotiating. And here's the real he kicker. said. Show me the loonies. <laughs> Show me the loonies. Show me the loonies. Show me the loonies. Say it with me. Show me the loonies. News, news, news on the Sports, Sports, Sports podcast with Jordan, Joel, and Phil. News, news, news. A strange odor during Wizards game leaves fans with concerns and questions. You sub headline, you serve beer and nachos. This should surprise no one. Yeah, they get all farty. <laughs> they get farty. That's true. I feel like yeah. uh, football and baseball outdoor stadiums have this figured yeah. out. How has this not happened more? We all know the solution to pollution is dilution. Ah, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. That is. Some fans attending the Washington Wizards 110 to 103 loss to the Milwaukee Bucks on Saturday night at Capital One Arena experienced strong physical reactions from an unknown scent. Late in the Ooh. game, people seated around section 104 smelled a strange smoky odor. Uh, and smoky is the, is the, the an odd qualifier smoky? that I Because really here's like the thing, it. if it's if it's smoky, it's not strange to me because then if yeah. I if I if I smell smoke, I can readily that's smoke. Yeah. Plus, right. as a fan of barbecue, oh, and that's the good kind fires, of smoke. Smoky implies a, a quality odor to me. Smoky is usually, yeah, I like that. Well, uh, unless it's like something's on fire, like burning like hair. Burning, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or Plastic. burning human flesh. Some, Plastic. Yeah. Burning but, human flesh smells terrible. Yeah, Ugh. really bad. Yeah. How? Uh, you want to? 
You want to dig into that one a little bit more? This is a sports Let's podcast, rolling, Joel, yeah. were, not a film Were you podcast. in Washington, D.C. last Saturday performing some sort of ritual underneath the Capital One Arena? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, boy. Uh, I smelled a strange, smoky odor and recall feeling a sensation that caused coughing, sneezing, and for some, throat irritation. Uh-oh. Monumental Sports and Entertainment, which owns the Capital One Arena, released a statement saying that security conducted an investigation and found that the source of the odor was not determined. Ah, because it was diluted. You can't say found and then was not determined. You see, I feel right. like that's a verbiage right. trick. It was yeah, found to be they... not like we found the invisible man. Like yeah. you just say it was not determined. Yeah. It was like earlier when <laughs> when Phil said that there was peace between North Korea and South Korea. And then added with regards to the Olympics. Oh, Joel, people hate reruns. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, I had to stop myself. uh, And I'm glad I did this because I was reading this. And I immediately started to write a joke about how the smell, when you're talking about a game between the Bucks and the Wizards, clearly coming from the court. Right. Right. They stink. They stink. Checked, Checked the standings. Both teams over 500 I was right gonna say, now. I remember, huh. I remember seeing the Bucks were doing surprisingly well. Yeah, in the playoffs of the season ended today. Bucks led by Jamari Parker, right? Mm-hmm. Well, their mascots stink. Could there be a way in there? <laughs> yes. I mean, because Bucks are wild animals and right. Wizards notoriously poor bathers. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, so I was left. I mean, uh, obviously you've got smells here, but apparently it's not coming from play in the court. Because we're talking about two potentially playoff-bound teams, right? Right. Mm. You know, so I mean, I uh, just a real update for me. Could it? You know what it probably was? What's that? At the press table, they allow bloggers now. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> their neck beards start stinking yeah, after oh, a God, few days. Yeah, they yeah. Do. Internet people smell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a group of fans in rows <laughs> P. Uh, in rows P, O, O, and P. No. A group of fans in rows P through U. No. Section no way. It's, I got it right here. Jordan, rows can you confirm? P. Yeah, P. Th- yep. That's the Washington Post people, a paper of note. Take right. news. Rows P through U, section 104, voluntarily evacuated the area, according to several witnesses. In the arena's configuration of Wizards and Georgetown basketball games, Section 104 stretches from rows A through U, uh, and an exit separates the remaining rows V through Y. Okay. Uh, Daryl Watkins, who watched the game from row P, (laughs) and so this is he obviously had some of the best seats of those people who had to evacuate, Mm. uh, said he began to notice something unusual during a stoppage of play with 301 remaining in the game. Once the t-shirt toss ended, the air just smelled different, the Fort Washington resident said. That does make you wonder, could it involve the t-shirts? Or the t-shirt launcher and the fuel used to power it. Did somebody, instead of grabbing the CO2 canisters, grab the concentrated fart canisters? Or did somebody stand up so quickly to grab a t-shirt, they shit in their pants? (laughs) But but that wouldn't explain it being a smoky odor. Well, maybe they had ribs. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, some people, they say, like, my shit don't stink. If you had, like, yeah. a nice smoky sort of mesquite to your farts. And a very shit, bad digestive system where the food comes out exactly <laughs> as it went in. Very unhealthy. Yeah. yeah. Very unhealthy. At the very least, it'd be like people wouldn't 
feel as bad about following you into the bathroom. You know, they'd be like, oh, well, I mean, Joel just took a shit, but... I think we should <laughs> drop this line. Okay. What? You mean if your poop smelled exactly like the food when it went in? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be an improvement. It kind of does when you eat McDonald's. <laughs> you ever notice that? That's more a commentary on McDonald's before you eat it than anything else. I think yeah, all fast good. food, if you like bring it into your car yeah. and you accidentally leave the bag in your car, when you go back in, it smells like fast food farts. Whatever you yes. does, yeah. it got plus fart is what right, it yeah. smells like weirdly. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's there's nothing like that the next morning when you're just sort of like, what did I do? Oh, You've got the indigestion already, and then you get into the car and just remind it again of that terrible decision you made. Yeah, and then, mm. then you're like, oh, I probably shouldn't have been driving. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Watkins, if you remember that guy, uh, says, I'm coughing, and I see him sneezing, and I started listening to everybody else. He's referring to the person next to him. Ah. I look around. Everybody's coughing. Eyes are red. Tears are dripping down their faces. At one point, it just became too much, and the best thing to do was to leave. Apparently, outside the game, it appeared as though the game was over, as the rush of fans left the I stadium. thought it was just Rose P through you. No, P that's well that's that's who you. they uh, that's who they interviewed for the story, but I believe most yeah. of the stadium or uh, arena Oh, cuz they were worried that that smell was something bad, something they had to evacuate for. Well, also if you're coughing a lot. And I think the game was almost over anyway, right? There was like they said yeah, they 3 said minutes three left. 3 minutes left. That's to play. actually pretty brilliant if you want if you're an employee there and you're like, I want to get home right after the game. <laughs> oh, lay yeah. off a little fart bomb and get people moving. <laughs> Fart it's bomb. a new season of Stranger Things. We gotta get back home. Right. Get the fart bombs! <laughs> Joining us now on the podcast is Coach Kim from the South Korean Olympic team. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. <clears throat> hey, how's it going? <laughs> Whoa, Whoa, it's me, Biff Kim. Biff, Biff, Biff Kim. Yeah, that's me. Your first name is, is Biff. I Biff can't... Kim, yeah. yeah. Okay, um... Wow, so uh, you were maybe not exactly what we were expecting. No. Yeah, not to cast aspersions. Uh, you look just like an American. Well, yeah, I'm from just... Gainesville, Florida. Okay. And yeah, a, and a Gainesville, coach for, Rock City. A coach for the Korean Olympic team. That's pretty interesting. Well, so what? you know, I'm kind of a specialty coach, really. Oh, okay. Like biathlon Strength or Strength and conditioning. Well, this is the thing, right? When the South Koreans heard that North Korea was going to be joining their Olympic Games... They brought in me to design the pranks they're going to play on them. The, sorry? All the pranks they're going to play on North Korea. They don't get a lot of chances to give pranks to North Koreans. Right, because they're separated yeah, by... So and what? that's what you call in Biff Kim from the morning <laughs> Gainesville Zoo Crew radio show, Biff and the Fart. <laughs> So how can the fart couldn't make it? <laughs> oh, I was going to say, is <laughs> yeah, the fart yes. joining you on the uh, South Korean Olympic nah, team? No, the fart doesn't like to leave Gainesville. <laughs> He's afraid of airplanes. Uh, yeah, I, I got to say, uh, a lot of this plan strikes me as, I mean, the diplomatic situation between North and South Korea, extremely delicate and fragile. Yeah, it was funny when that's how they couched it. <laughs> and they were like, come on down to South Korea because of diplomatic blah, 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 blah. I mean, aren't you maybe a little bit worried that your pranks could start a nuclear war? Not in America. Don't no, worry no, about no, it. No, no, good, good. Well, we're fine, Joel. You're okay. No, no. Look, not we're not the ones playing Look, pranks. We'll be fine. The North oh. Koreans have to have a sense of humor about all this. Look at their leader. He looks like a little Oompa Loompa. I mean, the North Koreans themselves, I hope, have a sense of humor about it, but yeah. I don't imagine that 
Kim Jong Un has much of a. Oh, but I got some great breaks in store for him. Yeah. So what is so okay, they brought so, you over? Yeah, maybe they're they're sort of. I'm, I'm, I I jump to conclusions here. Maybe maybe they're going to go over better than I'm thinking. Oh yeah, this so, is a great one. All right, so classic with a twist. We're going to go into their hotel rooms before they get there and put plastic wrap over all the toilets. Oh, see, oh, I know yeah. I've heard of this one. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And then I'm going to hide behind the toilet, and when they zip down to start peeing, and they start peeing, and it splashes back at them, I punch them right in the dick. <laughs> and then I go, you got pee everywhere. Wow. Uh, I yeah. Mean, that is definitely... That is some next-level prank. A departure from the classic version oh, of that yeah. prank. Let me just ask you. You have to do a morning Zoo Crew radio show. Are you gonna, Is this going to be a good piece of tape? Oh, yeah. It's going to be great tape. I'm going to be recording the whole thing. That's why I have to make it uh, audio-friendly. <laughs> like That's why I have to yell exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> but then I punched you in the dick because you got pee everywhere. Well, that's a fun yeah. welcoming prank. Like oh, when yeah. they first arrive, uh, that's mean, the first one they of, get. Of all the pranks, I always thought the saran wrap in the toilet, while funny in its own way, is also one of the most malicious. It's very difficult to clean up. Like, uh, oh, I thought super glue in the toilet is the most malicious. Okay, you know uh, what? I hadn't thought about super glue in the toilet. That's definitely way worse. That's a bad one, but I've done it. <laughs> Yeah, that's maybe not surprising. To so. myself. Good segment. Good so piece of tape. Do you on. have more that might foster a feeling of, of sort of welcomeness? Like oh, sometimes yeah. practical jokes, one, it's like right? you jazz somebody and it actually yeah. helps this bring is people a great together. One. When yeah. they get into their hotel rooms, we're going to have a flower basket there waiting for them. See, okay. That's nice. okay. That's nice. Yep. yep. And then inside the card, it's going to say, good luck on the Olympic Games. Okay, all right. Yep, and then walking say, down the primrose path here. Turn o- turn it over to the back. Okay, then they'll turn over the card on the back. Be a bunch of bees taped to it. <laughs> they'll sting them, <laughs> and then I'll jump out and punch them in the dick. If will you yell something yeah. when you do? Yeah, of course I will. Okay, I punched you in the dick, and you got stung by bees. If the bees are taped to the back, I don't know why they'd be able to suddenly get off of the card. Just oh, they're gonna fly with over. the card. They're gonna be strong bees. Oh. Okay, you know, but bees then, in South Korea are stronger than American bees. Fair enough, but then why is the card going to stay in place? Why are the bees only going to start flying? Is when? this really your concern? <laughs> yes, I'm is this your concern? Is how the, just, the logistics of the bees? Again, I'm a little concerned about you punching them in the dick again. That would be my concern if I was you too. <laughs> Absolutely, but again, also the logistics of the bees. I don't think Look, it's going to work at all. Even if the bees can't move with the card on them, they're still going to get I punched like in the you, dick. You're looking too much into this prank. I think yeah. this it sounds fantastic. I want to know. Jordan. Opening ceremony, right? Oh, it's the biggest ceremony. stage of the Olympics. Everyone is paraded out. Oh, yeah. Do you have anything planned for the opening ceremony? You better ceremony? believe I do. As soon as they say, now marching North Korea, and they're on TV, billions of people are watching, pulling down their pants. <laughs> That's right. They're getting pantsed in front of billions and billions of people. You're going to pants the entire North Korean Olympic yep, team. one by one, starting with the back all the way to the front so they can't alert each other. It's very noisy <laughs> in the stadium. I was about to Something say, given, given that they're Olympic athletes, running them down after they've discovered what's happening might very be Very malnourished Olympic <laughs> yeah, athletes. Right. Yeah, fair. But I know what you're thinking, and of course, I'm not going to pull down their pants and then punch them in the dick while they're marching. Right, okay. I'm going to wait until they get back to the locker room, <laughs> and then I'm going to punch them all in the dick. And say, you got punched in the dick after your pants were pulled down on TV. Again, it seems unlikely that you're going to be Gainesville, Rock City! I don't think Gainesville's Rock City. Gainesville, Florida! 
Are you worried about, or are you planning anything in, in regards to their preparation? You know, Olympic athletes are famous for the, you know, the night before they compete. Oh yeah, know? I've got a lot of them. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna run through them really quickly. Could be a right? fun time to sort I'm of. I'm putting glue on the inside up. of their socks. I'm tying their shoelaces together. I'm putting itching powder in their pants. I'm turning, changing their deodorant into Tabasco sauce, and they're all gonna get a good, healthy dose of punches in the dick. <laughs> Uh, it does seem like Biff Kim, Biff Kim, Biff Kim in the mornings with the fart. You're you're very focused on punching in the dick, Biff. It's always a good bit. It's is it? It seems like you're kind of obsessed with it. Look, I had a rough childhood. Biff. <laughs> yeah, what? my whole family used to punch me in the dick. Oh. Really? Yeah, my dad would drink and I'd come home from school and he'd punch me right in the dick and then say you just got punched in the dick by the nudge. My dad's name was the nudge. <laughs> was he also a zoo crew radio? No, just a <laughs> great, just a great name. Yeah, uh, and it really gave me a lot of issues. It made me feel like the only way I could show people love is through punches in the dick. Wow. And do you think that maybe you know in this particular instance you're just sort of maybe- punching the dick? God! Oh, oh damn Joe, it! You, you really listened to a off. fake story, and then I punched you in the dick. Oh my! Prank dick. star, Biff the prank oh. star. You son see of you bitch. at the Olympic Games. Oh. Bring your dick with you. Thank you, Biff Kim. And now it's time for another wide world of weird sports. Wide world weird sports. What do we got? This, this week's week? Wide World Sports, <laughs> Pete Weber. Pete Weber. Pete he, Weber. Did he invent the grill? Pete David Weber, born August 21st, 1962 in St. Anne, Missouri. Nicknamed PDW, or PDW, is an American kegler on the Professional Bowlers Association Tour and a member of the PBA and UBSBC Halls of Fame. So the kegler is the person who brings beer to the bowler. It was a it was a medieval position. The town yeah. kegler yeah, yeah, would exactly. be the one who brought you hey, ale. Hey, here comes the kegler. Who is rolling nine pin? The kegler is coming through. Weber is one of the sport's most active players and is known for his maverick, rebellious personality. Ooh. Yeah, Weber is also known for his high backswing and the side rotation he puts on the bowling ball. Uh, Weber is featured in the 10-pin bowling sports documentary, A League of Ordinary Gentlemen. Ha, that's actually... Yeah. That actually... <laughs> that, that sounds like a really interesting documentary. Yeah, that yeah you good. check it out. He has won 37 titles on the PBA Tour, including a record-tying 10 major championships and another 11 titles or four majors on the PBA 50 Tour. Weber has won Bowling's U.S. Open a record five times and has also won the PBA Senior U.S. Open twice. He is two-time PBA 50 Player of the Year. He said a lot. Those are some impressive stats. Are, yeah. Are those, is that good for a bowler? I don't know. I assume so. You know what? We should skip over his career and yeah, get to let's, controversy. Let's get to the, yeah. the invention of the Weber grill. Yep. <laughs> uh, in the early 1980s, Weber had established himself as one of the best bowlers in the world, but his lifestyle saw numerous long binges of alcohol and cocaine use. It's not the least bit surprising. <laughs> yeah. He's still alive, though. Uh, in a 1985 Sports Illustrated article, Weber admitted to spending a four-week stretch on tour in a complete blackout, 
staying up for days on end with cocaine, and drinking a fifth of Jack Daniels every night. Wow. And he was bowling through all of this. Yeah. What does that say about your sport? Well, it's mostly <laughs> muscle memory when you get to a certain yeah. point when I hear. I mean, I'm in. I'm, I'm all for one where it's like, hey, these people may or may not be sober. Right? Uh, Pete estimated he blew through about $150,000 between 1982 and 1984 on cocaine. Seventy-five grand a year on cocaine? And that's before all the inflation of this day and age. Yeah. That was in the 80s. <laughs> it's true. When it was cheap. It's cut with a lot of baking powder. <laughs> uh, they used baby laxatives, Phil. Come on. But he also, I mean, some of that money went to booze and gambling, too. So Yeah, let's not. <laughs> let's not call it all coke. He entered rehab on March 1984, ending with what uh, his famous father called eight years of hell. Drew says he never used cocaine again. He would fall off the wagon multiple times with drinking. Oh, yeah. So he was done with cocaine. Well, I feel like drink. usually you fall off the wagon with drinking, and then it turns into a, well, I'm already drunk. Right. You're already not making great decisions. It's kind of like, like when you get drunk and you're like, I, smoking a cigarette sounds like a good idea yeah. now. And yeah. How about three cheeseburgers? Right. <laughs> We all have our things, Joel. Yeah. <laughs> we all have our things. Despite Weber's talent, he was not popular with his bowling peers and was even denied Player of the Year honors in 1987 despite winning the Tournament of Champions and leading the tour in earnings. The mm. award was instead given to Marshall Holman, oh, that who, while didn't do very well, was a really nice guy. Yep. Yeah. Apparently people liked him because they said that as part of a sentence that started with how not popular Weber was, so... By 1989, Weber had won 13 PBA Tour titles and had reached over $1 million in earnings, but his personal life was plagued with problems. No. Yeah. By the mid-1990s, Weber had been through two divorces. Yeah. He went through <laughs> a three-season stretch, 1994 to 1996, without winning a title, and he failed to make a championship round appearance during the entire 1995 season. What a disaster. I know. God damn it. At the same time, the TBA Tour itself was in decline and was nearing insolvency. Everything was going poorly for our hero. What sort of world do we live in where you can't make money with spectator bowling? <laughs> right? <laughs> act three. Yeah, where can you go to watch people bowl, Jordan? I ask you. Well, here <laughs> comes Act three. Weber began a slow turnaround in 1997, for which he gave much of the credit to his third wife, Tracy. Mm, Tracy Weber. Tracy's the best thing that ever happened to me, he said. She keeps me focused and keeps me loose. That's really got to hurt if you're one of those first two wives. Right? Weber really can't feel good yeah, to hear exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. This was the good one. <laughs> yeah. The other two are garbage ones. I wouldn't have drank and done so much cocaine if they weren't such horrible pe- wives. Uh, Weber won two titles in the 1997 season and established a then career high in earnings with over $181,000. Nice. Yeah. Bowling. Some of that bowling money. I know. You can't make that unless you're... And here's the thing. ...reasonably well-placed. You get to write off your shoe rental. Oh, my God. That's smart. You know what? At that size, I'm sure that they get a discount on their shoe (laughs) rental. In 2000, the PBA Tour was sold to three former Microsoft executives. Weber was not on the tour during this transitional phase, as he was still serving a six-month suspension given by the former PBA leadership in 1999 due to behavior related to his drinking problem. You know, come to think of it, I'll bet he owns a pair of bowling shoes. Mm, You know, uh, he might be getting enough use out of it that he went, you know what? 
I'm You're just going right. to go ahead and get a pair. Yeah, the expenses were probably from the ball rental. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's got to be it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the new tour ownership saw Weber's flashiness as a potential tool for marketing the PBA to a new audience. By the 2001-2002 season, Weber had his career back on track, winning three titles in all. In an interview during the season, Weber remarked, The new PBA has told me to be animated, and I was already animated to begin with. The new PBA likes me, likes my antics. They think that's what's going to sell the PBA. Is that what he sounds like? I don't know. It's a Wikipedia article. It doesn't speak <laughs> to me. I have a me. feeling the three Microsoft executives that bought the PBA got beat up regularly by bowlers. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> we'll show them what's for. And that brings it end to another wide world of weird sports. Citizens of Podcast Town, this brings the close on the sports. 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 Podcast. Before we go... We're going to bring back Biff Kim to do, give you our contact information. Hey, all right, I'm back. All right, so you can find me on KBTT, KBUD, Gainesville Rock City, <laughs> the morning show. It's me, Biff, and the fart. Uh, could you give so uh, sure it? Check yeah, us out. No, I, you, could I you give wish, our contact I had been yeah. consulted before we decided to do this, but if you're willing to offer me an apology, then I feel like we could... You go ahead and proceed from here. You right. can uh, punch in the neck. Oh, All right. That was a good one. You walked into that one, All Joel. right. You can also make sure to sign up for our uh, weirdest ball sack competition we're having this month. Make sure to send the pictures directly to kbtt.com. The K-Bug. Can you give, can you give our contact? I, I if you could win Papa Roach tickets if you have the weirdest ball sack. <laughs> So <laughs> there's a I have the, there's a bruise on mine right hey, now. Hey, you could win. <laughs> you just submit it through the website. You can email us at sports sports no. sports podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, oh. or you could go to kbtt at gmail.com and okay. email kbtt. I hate to do this, but I'm gonna have to respectfully ask that you make your way out of here before I'm forced to call security. All, All right. right, I'm gonna have your to make my way to put you in the dick. Damn it. All right, you can find us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash kbttkbud. Or twitter.com slash sports the number three podcast. That's twitter.com slash sports the number three podcast. Yeah, that's a oh, dumb name. Three times in a day. Or you can find all of the past episodes of my morning show at kbud.com. Or soundcloud.com slash sports oh. number three podcast. Oh, Thanks, gosh. Biff. Hey, it's my pleasure. Hey, hey guys. Hey, Joel. Joel, what's happening, buddy? You want a bag of peas? I just got punched in the dick three times. Yeah. Lights off. You have received this transmission from the Comedy Podcast Network. For more shows, visit ComedyPodcastNetwork.com.